1: What's up guys, welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Um, I had a pretty good weekend, saw some friends, hung out with some family, watched a ton of football. I watched all four of the uh, playoff games this weekend and uh, man, the the NFL playoffs have been outstanding so far. Hopefully none of you guys are still like boycotting the NFL or anything like that for no reason because you would be missing out. These, These playoff games have been a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, a lot of get to, a lot to get to today, as always. And it, it goes without saying at this point. There's always a lot to get to, and I had my friend Lexi Bess uh, from Lone Conservative and Campus Reform on the show. Always a good time talking to her. Um, yeah. So anyway, before I, sorry, little scatterbrained today. I uh, had some technical difficulties, and I'm still working through it. But uh, yeah, I persevere. Anyway, before I get to Lexi, uh, I need to say hi to our sponsors at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and you want to quit, which Hey, guys. January 1st was last week, or two weeks ago now, I guess. Great New Year's resolution is to stop smoking. If you want to quit smoking, check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. It is really fantastic stuff. They have any kind of uh, uh, mod, battery, tank, coil, anything you need for your vape setup. They have, from beginner kits to, to drippers to anything in between, they have they've the largest selection of both liquid and batteries anywhere in the country. Check them out at premiervaporandlounge.com. That is premiervaporandlounge.com. They'll give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And if you are in Northwest Ohio, check out their physical locations in Perrysburg or Holland, Ohio. And if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right, i uh, I'm unable to play clips Uh, audio clips when I have a guest on because I'm recording both channels at the same time. Long story. Um, So yeah, I can only do clips when I do a solo show, but I really needed to play this clip. So I'm going to play a clip from our favorite 28 year old socialist congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Got to get this clip in and then we'll get to my chat with Lexi and uh, we'll discuss the clip. But uh, yeah, before, before we get to the interview, here is a clip from 60 minutes with Anderson Cooper interviewing, our favorite socialist, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. One of the
0: criticisms of you is that your math is fuzzy. The Washington Post recently awarded you four Pinocchios. Oh my for uh, misstating some statistics about Pentagon spending.
1: If people want to really blow up one figure here or one word there, I would argue that they're missing the forest for the trees. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely factually and semantically correct than about being morally right
0: but being factually correct is important it's
1: absolutely important and whenever i make a mistake i say okay this was clumsy and then i restate what my point was Um, but it's it's not the same thing as the president lying about immigrants it's
0: not the same thing at all
1: All right, guys, we're here with Lexi Bess from Campus Reform and Lone Conservative. Uh, Lexi, thanks so much for taking the time.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. So we got to start with uh, our favorite 26-year-old or however old she is, socialist um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I just played the clip um, for everybody, and, and you just heard the clip as well um, from her disastrous interview uh, on 60 Minutes with <laughs> Anderson Cooper. Uh, <laughs> before we dig into what, what she was saying there, what's your, what's your takeaway?
0: I just, it hurts my brain whenever I listen to her, whenever I try to understand her. That's the thing is like, I try to understand what she's trying to say and I, I can't, I really can't. And one of the best moments from that interview was the moment when she was explaining, take, you know, the larger tax on the wealthy, the 70% tax on the wealthy and Anderson Cooper being a Vanderbilt (laughs) <laughs> his eyes got so wide because in that he couldn't say anything. But I think in that moment he realized, Oh my gosh, did she really just say that she wants to tax me 70 to 80%? So that was, I. you really have to look for it. But that was one of my favorite moments from the interview was when Anderson Cooper realized that this woman wanted to take his money like away (laughs) and
1: maybe you're just missing the forest from the trees which is of course
0: not which is of course not
1: the phrase that's not that's not a thing um yeah anderson cooper uh he he was just he had like a come to jesus moment i I feel like if you just look at his face he's like record scratch you're probably wondering how i got here kind of thing talking to this dumbass you know i mean for all of anderson cooper's flaws he is at least a, a serious journalist. He's been in the business for a long time. He, yeah. he's not as, he's not as hacky as, as a lot of the people in the mainstream media. And he's like, what, where have I gone wrong in life that I'm sitting down here with this 28 year old communist you know, who clearly has no idea what she's talking he
0: about. He looks defeated. He looks <laughs> defeated in the interview. He does like he's sitting in the back of his chair. He's slumped. He looks like deflated. I, I, and the best part is that she is oblivious to all of that it, throughout the interview. Completely oblivious. Completely oblivious.
1: I think she's trying to give Anderson a uh, drinking problem. We all saw him get shit-faced on uh, uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, my God. So maybe he's just going to start doing all of his interviews drunk I just mean, to cope.
0: That's a whole other topic in itself. That New Year's Eve. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was like, are y'all that desperate for views? For are you that desperate? Spread for ratings? Well, I I just was like.
1: I had a totally different reaction to that. Um, And I don't watch any of those, any of that garbage or anything like that. But I obviously saw the clips and stuff the next day. But uh, I just thought it was striking that all these news anchors who are constantly pushed, fear mongering all day, every day on CNN and MSNBC and NBC and all the rest of them, just relaxing and having fun getting drunk and being ridiculous on TV. It's like it's like they they, you know, it's a peek behind the curtains like, no, these people don't actually think that Trump is going to destroy the world. They don't actually think global warming is going to kill us all in 20 years. They actually don't think Trump and Putin are best friends. They're just lying like they're just normal people having fun, drinking beer. Like all the fear mongering is just a show. And they, they took the mask off a little bit. It's like, no, they're not serious when they're they're pushing all this this constant fear. They're just they're doing that for ratings, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that was that was interesting to see. It was interesting to see a whole nother side of of news anchors or, you know, just the other side of Anderson Cooper even. But, you know, I wasn't surprised by some of the comments that were said on air, like about his mom when he brought his mom (laughs) on air and talking about her sex life or whatever. And I was like, like, I'm not surprised by this rhetoric, but I would be so embarrassed. Like, Personally, I I just said that to millions of people on national television. I would be traumatized if I spoke about my mother like that on air. But that's me. That's obviously not the caliber at CNN. Very different people. I mean, you're it's a normal very person. People.
1: You're a normal person who feels shame, yes. as we should all feel. Yes. Shame. But I don't think you can work at CNN for that long and Mm-mm. still be a person who feels any level of shame ever.
0: No, nope. <laughs> absolutely not. You have to be shameless 100% absolutely. in everything you do. And
1: back to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's just the classic millennial. I mean, she's every oh my she's, God. every reason why people make fun of us millennials. She embodies every single one of those reasons. She thinks she's an expert on everything, but she doesn't know anything. So, like, look, I'm, I'm, True. Not, I'm not a serious journalist. Like, I'm a guy, I'm a singer in a rock and roll band who talks with my friends about politics twice a week in a podcast. Like, I don't have any journalistic integrity whatsoever. I don't claim to. But, like, I don't come on this show and just talk about stuff I don't understand. Like, I'm not going to go into deep detail on, like, our trade relationship with China because I can't articulate those positions in any kind of intelligible way. Yet, this woman, <laughs> she has no problem. Anytime there's a don't get between her and a camera because she will go on TV and say whatever she wants, even if she doesn't understand any of it. It's just the classic, entitled, narcissistic, millennial BS that we all hate so much.
0: And what's interesting, though, is that I see her, and the thing that kills me is like, I love her person. I love how goofy she is. I love how she's herself. I love that aspect of her. Like her policies and what comes out of her mouth, I, I don't agree with. But I appreciate her as like a young person representing her people. Like her people were able to relate to her. They put her in office. At the end of the day, I think that it was her charisma that got her elected, not necessarily her policies. Um, but the thing is. The thing that concerns me about that is conservatives really need an equivalent. I saw a now this video, our favorite, my favorite people in the whole wide world. Just kidding. (laughs) They did this video about they compared the amount of white men, uh, white male Republicans in the House versus the diversity of the Democrats in the House and or like the newly elected. And it was a little bit concerning because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't really care. I don't give a crap what your gender is when you're in office. Like I voted for you because I agree with you and I I obviously relate to you in some way and I agree with your policies and that's why I chose to elect you. I didn't elect you because you were a Muslim female immigrant. Like that's not why I'm going to elect someone to represent me. I'm going to elect you on your policies. And if you happen to also have this diverse cultural background. Great. But first, I'm looking at your policy. Right. But but this whole situation with Cortez, I'm just like, is this the future of politics? Like, is this it? If this is it, I don't want to be here. Like, I can't I appreciate having a few members of Congress who are quirky and relatable and really awesome, but I would also like for them to have solid solid policy. But also I wish that the younger generation would step up. Basically, I want more Crenshaw's in office. I need more Crenshaw's. And I don't know if it's because our generation, the conservatives in our generation are too busy with blue collar jobs and they're like, I don't have time to run for office. Like I don't I have no desire to run for office. I'm too busy working. Or if they're intimidated because it is an intimidating process, um, because you would literally be beating what is well-known in the GOP. But it's just interesting looking at that dynamic and looking at the future of the GOP and looking at the future of representatives as a whole.
1: But you also have to not, like we said with uh, Anderson Cooper, you, you also have to be completely shameless and, you know, The Democrats, if you run for office as a Democrat, you're gonna be completely shielded and protected by the media. If you run for office as a Republican, you will be ripped to shreds. Your everything you've ever done or said your entire life, anything you've ever tweeted, any conversation you had in college, every beer you drank in college, I mean everything will be ripped to shreds. And I mean the the mainstream media just provides cover for Democrats. They don't have to worry about that. You could be a rapist mm. and get elected president twice, <laughs> legitimately. Literally. legitimately, like a rapist, Literally. not not sexual harassment, not grabbing an ass in college, rapist, and the media will cover for you your entire life. So it's it's I like mean... a completely different playing field. And like I wouldn't, I would never run for office. Like I wouldn't, I, I would not want to put myself or my family through. Not that I have like, I, I mean, I've done anything, you know, to be ashamed of or anything. But like I wouldn't. I mean, I'm in a rock and roll band. I've been in every bar in America with with my friends. Like, I'm sure they could dig up, like, oh, you know, fans of the band. Like, oh, can you just lie about this? Say Brady was shit-faced on stage and said something racist or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not true. They could could fabricate any kind of, anything like that against me. So I wouldn't wouldn't run for office for that reason alone. And there are some younger conservatives. Like, a a guy I've talked about a lot is John James up in Michigan, and he lost his Senate race to Debbie Stabenow this year but you know he's a rising star as a conservative i think he's 36 or 37 years old he's a black guy he's a, a air force former air force pilot and a successful businessman up in detroit and there's another senate seat in michigan coming up in uh, in 2020 so i think he's somebody that could absolutely run again and and you know fill that kind of minority millennial i don't know if you're if you're 37 if you're still a millennial but you know a younger kind of conservative voice he's definitely somebody that i i could see kind of filling that role
0: Oh yeah, I mean, if I were to run, and you know, I was sitting at dinner with my mom the other night, and I was telling her because she was like, I don't understand how Cortez won. And my family always comes to me whenever they want, like they come to me and they're like, what am I supposed to think? And I'm like, mom, that, that's not how this works. But, <laughs> but she comes to me and she's like, how, how did she win? And then I explained it to her the personality, the charisma, the goofiness. She's funny. Like her policies are whack, but she's goofy and lovable. And she looks at me and she was like, well, that's you. Why don't you run for office? And I'm like, no. It's just <laughs> like I would have to spend. The the sad thing is I would love that. I would thrive. I would thrive in political office just because I'm passionate about it and I'm passionate about politics and I'm passionate about all that stuff. But if I were to ever run, I would literally have to hire a team of people who go through and clean my social media. And the crazy oh, yeah. thing is, is that my social media isn't even that bad. But I couldn't tell you what I tweeted my senior year of high school. I couldn't tell you. I could, I'm, I'm pretty sure I went through and I cleared out all of my tweets like last year and all of my likes last year because it concerned me. But, <laughs> I mean, I would literally have to hire an entire team of people to watch everything to go right. back to look at all my all my everything. It, Plus, you'd have
1: to you'd, be, you'd call me. You're like, hey Brady, you got to delete those episodes that I was oh. on your show because uh, not that you say anything inappropriate, but I say all kinds <laughs> of inappropriate stuff on in the show. So that would be, I think you'd be barred from office just for talking to me at this point. But I don't it, know.
0: <laughs> but even but even then, at the same time, you've got a president who just tweets whatever he wants, and people are living off on it. Like he doesn't apologize for things that he said, but and he also has no shame. <laughs> he also doesn't care. Yes. So, like, I would have to get to that level. Yes, like it's... I would probably hire a team to clean up my social media. And then whatever they miss, if it comes to surface, I'm just going to be, be like, yes, I was 15 when I <laughs> posted that. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I was 15. I mean, at one point, I didn't understand what was bad about abortion. Once upon a time, whenever I went to an all-girls high school right. that was very liberal, I was very confused, very confused, ser- surrounded by liberals, that happens. And then once I left, I was just like, oh my gosh, I was, they just tried to brainwash me for the three years that I was there. And now I'm super conservative, but who knows what I put on my Facebook wall when I was 15 or 16 years old, when I was, had no idea what anything was.
1: Right. I mean, every year there's a, there's a list of topics every single year. And I try to do this and I actually talked about this a little on, on the last podcast, but I mean, I try to look back like every January 1st and just look at how I've evolved in my own political ideology on a year to year basis. And sometimes there's some drastic changes and just uh, issues that I've evolved on in serious ways and on serious topics every year. Yeah. I mean, going back, I turned 30 in a couple months. Like, I mean, go, if I go back to 20, 10 years ago, like. Wow. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, like, I'm sure I've changed on, on so many issues. I Going back to what you said that, uh, you know, you like um, Cortez's personality and stuff like that. Um, like, I, I get you released the, the cute dancing video and stuff, and that's cool and stuff. But a lot of people would say the same thing, even conservatives, about Bernie Sanders back in 2016. Like, oh, yeah, he's like a crazy socialist, but like, you know, he's a good guy, good, you know— husband, and he's playing basketball with his grandkids and stuff like that. And like I thought that, too. I was like, you know, he's obviously, his, his political ideology is evil, and uh, you know, just absolutely satanic. You know, it's led to the slaughter of 150 million people. But, you know, he's a good guy. He's just, you know, misinformed and stuff. I don't think so. Like, if you look at what these socialist types really say, and how they say it, they are hateful. And that includes Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Like, I don't know if she's, like, a good person or something like that, like, well, one, if, if you want the, the government to confiscate all private property and the means of production and distribution, um, you're my enemy. <laughs> like, you're, you're not a good person <laughs> if uh, you believe I shouldn't own private property. But uh, if you look at, like, for instance, Bernie Sanders, just when he's actually trying to articulate his points, it's not that he just wants to tax the rich, it's that he hates the rich. It's like he hate like he has this deep hatred in his heart for the wealthy and for the successful. And he believes it's the government's job to destroy them. It's his job as the leader of the socialist revolution to destroy these people. And uh, I, I think with Cortez, it's it's kind of similar. It's like if you have this ideology that makes you just hate your fellow Americans, hate, just the, this vitriolic hate that they have for the rich and for you know people that don't agree that socialism is the answer, they, they really disdain us. They have this deep-seated hatred. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't— I mean, she says some like endearing things, I guess, and it is like it is probably her charisma that got her elected. But I don't know, like, I'd push back on you. Like, I don't think these I've never met a socialist that's a that's an actually good person. Like, I don't think, uh, you know, socialism, Marxism really blends well with being like a decent, caring human being because it makes you just despise your fellow countrymen.
0: Well, see, I viewed Bernie Sanders as a crazy old man, like absolutely psycho. 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 Viewed him as a psycho. I didn't see anything about him as charismatic. I saw an angry old man who was angry at the world. That's how I viewed Bernie Sanders. Because in every speech, he was always angry. He was always blaming someone else, like that kind of rhetoric. Right. But whenever I see Cortez. I don't like I said, I don't agree with anything that she says, but I see her trying to make sense of what she's trying to say. And I don't I don't think she's gotten to the level of Bernie Sanders just yet. Like, I think she's on her way to being an angry old woman who's angry at everything in the world. But she's not the same level of angry, if that makes sense. Like, she's still at that level. That's what makes her likable right now. Right. And that's what that's also the, the thing that people should be s- scared about is the fact that she isn't an angry old person who's upset at the world. Right. Like it, when you when you look at Sanders, he is angry at the world. He hates people, hates the rich, hates all that stuff. But whenever you look at Cortez, yeah. like she's rubbing shoulder, like she's rubbing elbows with Jimmy Fallon who is a wealthy Man. Right. Like, it's just, it's almost like she has this idea of what she wants, but she doesn't realize the hate and the disagreement and, and the anger that comes with wanting those policies like Bernie right. Sanders does. And maybe she really and is that's
1: just the, as intellectually bankrupt as she appears on TV. Like, that's the only way that, I mean, I, I agree with you, and you're probably right, only because she is as unintelligent as she seems. <laughs> like, she just is not a very like, bright person. And so it's.
0: The thing is, is like, she has these ideas and she has no idea how to make them work. The scary thing about Bernie Sanders is that he has these ideas and he knows exactly what he would have to do to make it work. That's the difference between Cortez and and Bernie Sanders. Right. Cortez is over here like, "Oh yeah, we'll just tax 70 to 80% on off the on the rich, on the wealthy." And and she just kind of leaves it at that. And Bernie Sanders is over here like, "Oh no, this is what we would do. This is what I would have to do in the house, this is what you have to do in the Senate. I would have to sign all this stuff if I was president, blah 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 blah." And he's got this pl- plan and that's the scary evil genius like evil scientist crazy man part of him that is scary meanwhile cortez is like this butterfly who has these ideas but no way to actually make them happen right and and i guess that's why she's likable and that's why conservatives i guess aren't as worried about her being a threat as they are with bernie sanders over here if he had been elected president that would have have just been so bad and so scary
1: <laughs> right but, but do you think at the end of the day it could even be scarier going forward though because i mean bernie sanders is an 80-year-old communist who looks like an 80-year-old communist and sounds like an 80-year-old communist but if you if you put you know the new face of communism as this cute little girl who seems nice and dances with their friends like could that even be even more you know destructive could that like seduce more people into you know the marxist ideology
0: oh yes and you know i i tried to touch on that um a minute ago but but that is the scary part the scary part is that cortez is likable and it's it's hard to hate her it like it's it's easy to look at her and say, I don't agree with her policy. It's harder to look at her and say, she's a crazy person and I hate her. It's easier to look at Bernie Sanders as an evil man. It's harder to look at Cortez as an evil woman right now because she is so young, innocent, goofy, charismatic, and that should scare a lot of people. But it also should wake up people who are more conservative, people who are more on the right. It It should wake them up and say, okay, if this is what people like, where is our equivalent? I'm not saying like someone who is as crazy. (laughs) And whenever I say crazy, I mean their policies, like not as extreme. That's the right word. Not as extreme in their policies, but someone who is charismatic, is goofy, and is also a conservative. Like where is our equivalent? Because it's not here. Right.
1: Yeah, and that's that's definitely something to keep our eyes on looking forward. I mean, you know, like I, I thought John James had a good chance to win, and maybe he can in the future. You know, And then a, a friend of mine who's been on the podcast several times, Austin Peterson, who ran for uh, U.S. Senate in Missouri and got destroyed in the primary. I mean, he got trucked. Yeah, came nowhere close. But he's a guy in his mid-30s who's, you know, smart and he's funny, charismatic, and— but these people aren't winning elections. <laughs> like that's the,
0: only, right. like there
1: are good people out there and even people that have, that have put themselves out there enough to run for office, but there's not winning. So it's, it's tough. I, I think you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. I definitely think that the right needs an equivalent needs more. Like they need to take a breath and the GOP really needs to look at their strategy because I understand, so usually the trend is you have a lot of young people who are Democrats and then they, some of them get out in the real world, they get a real job and then they see their first paycheck and they see how many taxes are taken out of their paycheck. Right. And usually that m- makes them more fiscally conservative, which leads to them switching parties and turning red. Right. But the G- it's time for the GOP to make a change. Like it's been working. Well, you could argue that, but... Some would say it's been working the same, same motion, same advertising, same target audience, same target voter. But it's time to shift the focus because there are young people who are conservative and just don't know that they are conservative. Because today, the left is so far left that many young people don't agree with where the Democrats are headed. Right. I, to- I totally agree. But they are
1: you know, one thing that just came to mind, anytime the GOP or conservatives or, or anybody kind of adjusts who they're targeting in terms of votes, it's always a catch-22. If you look at the, the Donald Trump coalition, Trump did way better than Romney or McCain or even George Bush among blacks and Hispanics. And then he turned off millions and millions of white women. So it's like all right, it's so what are we doing? Like it's it, how do we figure out a way to expand the coalition? Go after multiple different voter blocks. I hate the term voter block cuz that's super disrespectful. People are individuals, but like how do you expand a coalition without you know alienating other parts of your coalition? I think that's the I mean there's a people a lot smarter than me. In meetings right now, trying to figure that out daily. I mean, that's you know, if you work for the the, the Democrats or the Republicans, that's your job, right? But uh, it, it's it's tough. It seems like any time Republicans do expand a coalition, they they whittle it away in another area. So it's it it's it is tough. And I think you're absolutely right that the focus needs to be on on younger people. It, it absolutely has to be on on younger people. And there's a, what do you think about that? I'm kind of rambling, but you know, I've read a lot of reports that the next generation, Gen Z, like the kids that are, you know, 16 to 20 now, are actually trending to the right a lot more than millennials did. Do you think that's true? I mean, I've I've read reports to the contrary as well, and I don't really know what to believe on that front. Uh, It would make sense. I mean, they look at the millennials like, wow, these people are nuts. I mean, all they care about is transgender bathrooms and safe spaces and stuff, and we want the opposite of that. So it would make sense if that's happening, but it's almost it seems a little too good to be true as well.
0: So I think that a lot of young people are leaning more towards the right. And the reason for that is because of how far the left is going towards the left. Right. I, I, the left does not talk as much, if at all, about the middle class or having a real job or um, the real world, honestly. The left... And, you know, I see this a lot on on my college campus. I used to think that I was a minority. There were no conservatives on on campus. I mean, there is a Democratic Socialist Club on my campus, but it's fine. Um, But I've noticed that there are more and more people leaning towards the right than what I originally thought. So that's it's comforting to know that. And I think that there are more people leaning towards the right because of how far left the left has gone, focusing on, on transgenders and using the same bathroom and <laughs> and all of these things that literally no one cares. No. To be honest with you, I care more about taxes and how much money comes out of my paycheck to go to someone who is just too lazy to work than I am concerned about you know, transgender rights. Like I really, I'm more concerned of like, that's not even at the top, at the top of my radar. I'm more concerned about how many illegal immigrants are crossing my border and how many middle Eastern known terrorists are trying to travel through Central America and are being stopped in countries like Panama. I'm, I'm more concerned about that. And I'm more concerned about stopping that than I am. um, you know, people worrying about what bathroom they can use. Right,
1: and I think we just need to communicate to the younger generation in a in a in a just a simple way that they can understand. Like you, and it's an easy point to make. I mean, pointing out socialist policies and why they're bad and and, and immoral are very easy. I mean. It would be easy to go to the next LeBron James, you know, whoever the next LeBron James is at age 17 and say, look, yeah, you came from poverty and uh, you came from a a broken home and you came from nothing. And, you know, you want to grow up and be the best basketball player ever and make one hundred million dollars or five hundred million dollars or however much LeBron James has made. And the in the left doesn't want you to get rich. The left is wants to confiscate all of that money. Uh, they don 't want you to be able to buy your mother, who raised you in poverty, a multi million dollar mansion when you get rich because they want to take all that money from you and redistribute it, so maybe you should take a look at the Republican Party and I think you know if somebody would have got to Lebron James who's a leftist, you know at age seventeen, and uh he'd be like wow so the 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 left really hates the rich like they don't want me even if i 'm the best basketball player ever they don 't want me to." profit from that like they don't want me to be able to buy mansions for my family and then you know so i think we just need to communicate in just a clear way to young people because everybody it's everybody every teenager thinks they're going to be the next beatles or the next michael jordan or the next Tom Brady or whatever that's just right. it's in it, that's the american dream every kid thinks they're going to grow up and be super rich just filthy rich everybody Right. You know? and if uh we need to tell these kids these teenagers and young people and even people in college like you get that the left doesn't want you to succeed right like if they succeed they want to confiscate your profits and redistribute it. Like They do not want you to benefit right. from the fruits of your labor. And that's a very easy case to make. I just don't think we're making it or we're not making it at the right place at the right time to the right people.
0: Well, I also think that the focus, it's so easy to c- continue advertising or targeting the audience that agrees with you. That is so, so, so easy. its It doesn't take that much effort. So the uncomfortable thing to do is to try to win those who are in the middle. And a lot of those who are in the middle are the younger people that there are more people in the middle who are Gen Z or whatever, younger Gen X, Gen Z millennials, whatever you want to call them. There are more people who are on the middle than people realize. And I think that we need to stop trying to win the people who, who are already conservatives or people who are already so far on the left that they are unreachable. And we need to start focusing on those who are in the middle because, because you probably have got five to 10% on the right, five to 10% on the left. And you've got this huge chunk that doesn't know what to think. They don't, some of them don't even think that this stuff matters. They don't even know why it's important to vote. They don't know why policies matter. They don't even want to talk about this stuff. And they don't realize that it does matter. So until that middle section of, of young people are targeted, it's it's just a waste. It is a waste, and it's just sad if we if we don't start targeting this this middle group of of young people. Right, right, and that's that's a good point. I actually read a, a stat earlier
1: this morning from uh, Frank Luntz that it, it's easy for people like us and people that listen to shows like these to just kind of assume that everybody's either a Democrat or a Republican. You know, half the country's red, half the country's blue. That's just kind of how, you know, the media frames it, and that's just kind of how we think about it in in terms of of politics. But 42% of voters, registered voters, are registered independents. 42% of registered voters are not a Democrat or a Republican. And with people under 30, 30 and under— that's something like 60%. And I'm not even talking about the people that don't vote. I'm talking about registered voters that voted in the last election. If you're under 30, 60% are unaffiliated voters. That is—that's inc- that, an incredible statistic. And so, yeah, there was a huge middle. It's not like the—it's almost—because I've worked on political campaigns, too. And when when politicians, when people in the political world talk about, you know, winning independence, they, they view it as a small group. It's like we have a huge base— the other guy has a huge base, and then there's a few people in the middle that decide elections. That's not a few people. That is a huge chunk. That is a huge chunk of—it's of, a, right. it's a plurality, plurality of of the overall vote and a majority of the Millennial and Gen Z vote, a majority. So, yeah, you're right. There's a huge—there's a lot of votes to be won by either side. Whoever can speak coherently and intelligently to, you know, to, to the 60% of unaffiliated That's voters. That's the thing. Under 30. It's insane.
0: The policy and the intellectual, I mean, it's there on the right. I mean, right. it's there. The logic is there and the policies are there because, I mean, we see even the – just to throw out an example. We see these policies working with Prager U and with things like the Student Action Center with Turning Point USA. Whether you agree with those organizations or not, they are conservative on the right organizations and they are winning over this younger generation and they're flying them out to conferences and they're doing all of these really great things to win them. So if the logic is there and Charlie Kirk, whether you like him or not, does a great job. He does a great job articulating his points, whether you agree with them or not. So if you have someone there who is able to present the logic and the facts and and what you name it to that middle section the right in my opinion is is there they, they just aren't acting on it and they need to act on it before the left gets there and they start acting on it for themselves
1: right well i'd much rather have lexi best talk to the younger generation at these conferences than charlie kirk um, <laughs> Or maybe anyone on the right other than Charlie Kirk, but uh, <laughs> that's a that, that's a, that's a story for a different day. I'm almost out of time. I didn't anticipate taking this much time on this, but we we had to. There's a lot of stuff to get to. Um, it's you know it wasn't just about Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Obviously, there's a lot of layers here. But before I let you go, I do have to mention, uh, you know, obviously we're yeah, something like 14, 15 days into the government shutdown. Who cares? Nobody even noticed that it shut down. But um. The Democrats are, are still refusing to give President Trump any money for border security, and we, we I can save that for the next show, but the, the only point I want to make on, on specifically the wall is that the Democrats have completely pivoted from walls don't work because everybody knows that's a lie, so they've just changed to walls are immoral. which is just really weird. All these rich, multimillionaire politicians that live in gated communities telling you that walls are evil. It's really weird. It's very strange. Eric Swalwell, the idiot congressman from California, tweeted today, you know, like, you know, walls aren't who we are. You know, walls are a statement saying, this is only for us, you know, not for you. And I just replied, my house has walls. Yes, it is symbolic, saying I own my house, not my neighbor. Like that's there's nothing wrong with that. So what do you make of this pivot yep. to walls are immoral? Like I don't. Is anybody going to buy that? Do people on the left buy that? That seems like such a flimsy, lazy argument. I, oh, no, real quick, sorry to catch off. I'm not he, even a wall guy. Like I wasn't like one of those build the wall kind of <laughs> guy. like. This is not even a big issue for me. But I'm like that that dog's not going to hunt for the Democrats. I just don't think that's going to get him very far.
0: Well, the thing – you have to remember, though, that the left runs so much on emotion. Right. Literally, they fuel themselves on emotion, not logic. This whole open border policy is a very, like, kumbaya, everyone's welcome here, no one can do no harm, very, you know, let's show the pictures of the kids crying, trying to get across the border. It's all – ran on emotion. So, so it makes sense that Democrats would switch from walls don't work to walls are immoral because a lot of their base is emotionally like fired up. Like they are, they run on emotion. Right. So I understand why they made that change whether that will work or not I, I don't I don't know because a lot of people on the left are just They just—I mean, I go to school with these people. They—they run so much on emotion and not logic. I mean, in the meeting, (laughs) in the meeting that I'm just fired up. I'm just so fired up. The Secretary of Homeland Security is giving a presentation in the White House to Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She's giving a presentation, and Nancy Pelosi. I I may get the quote wrong, but basically this is what she said. She said, I don't agree with your facts. (laughs) Literally interrupted the secretary of Homeland Security, interrupted her to say, I don't agree with your facts. And, And the secretary of Homeland Security goes, these aren't my facts. These are the facts.
1: See, it's the same tactic as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with the, you know, facts don't matter, you know, unless you're being moral or whatever, which I don't know how you can morally,
0: morally
1: lie. I don't know when it's moral to lie. (laughs) But with for somebody like Nancy Pelosi, (laughs) she doesn't have the same excuse that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. has Nancy Pelosi Uh made it to the big leagues. I mean, you don't get elected speaker of the House. This woman is old, She's extremely intelligent. I mean, she's not a dumb woman.
0: She, there's my no- old, I mean experience. Right. like she has been there a long, long. She knows how this game is played.. Right. She, she respects the hierarchy of the House, which Cortez hasn't learned yet. She understands how the hierarchy works, how policy works, how politics work. And so for her to interrupt, the Secretary of the Department of, uh, the, of Homeland Security. To interrupt her and say, I don't agree with your facts. The left does not run on facts. They run on emotion. They run on the fact that walls
1: are immoral. The American electorate has to has to get that. Has to see through that. It, it,
0: I, I mean, you would, you would hope. You would hope. Because the far left doesn't see it. So I'm just hoping that that middle section that we talked about and the right, that 5%, 10%, you know, that whole section realizes that this is not right. I mean, I know that the right realizes that, but really the middle, just this is not, this is not good. This is not who you want to vote Absolutely.
1: for. And I, I do think, I don't know if Trump's going to get the wall built. If I had to bet, I'd say probably not. <laughs> you know, Republicans always lose these government shutdown wars. Uh, I don't really know why, um, but they always do. They always cave. And maybe Trump will be different. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. You know, I, I,
0: well, I think the, president knows that if he does not get this wall built this reelection is going to be horrible it's going to be even worse than i uh, than the first go around because he ran so much on that wall and it was such a big promise that i think he knows he cannot cave like this is the one battle that he has to to win. I agree. And I mean, in my opinion, looking, looking forward for this, to this re-election, this president, president, and he knows, knows this. He's not, he's not, he is not stupid. No, no, not okay. He says something. I mean, even whenever he tweets, he knows what he's doing. And I just think he's smart enough to know that he can't lose this battle. And that's what makes it, that's what gets me fired up. And that, and I, I think that, If this goes until the State of the Union, I think that there will be a way for both parties to win. I'm not sure what that is. I don't know if that's like a compromise on DACA and the wall built or if that's like, you know, we give you so we scratch your back, you scratch our back. But I don't think he's going to give in.
1: I I hope you're right. I I hope you're right. One more thing on the wall I do have to say. Uh, it was—it's hilarious. President Trump really likes these Game of Thrones references. He must be a fan of Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, but he he tweeted yes, in the
1: that. Game of Thrones font, "The wall is coming," which that is just a bad example. The wall did not work in Game of Thrones. They they went right over that wall and started killing people. And uh, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you know um, that the.
0: I think he just liked the way that it yeah. looked. To be honest with you, that. I, He's probably never seen an episode of Game that's of true. Thrones. If we're just he's being like Ill, seventy-two, he's probably, so probably not. But I was like,
1: oh man, that's a horrible. Yeah. That's the worst example of a wall.
0: <laughs> but He didn't know. But his, his comms team should have at least warned him and said, "Mr. President, the wall didn't work in Game <laughs> of Thrones. You can still use this if you want." However, it didn't work.
1: In all In all <laughs> but, fairness, Mexican immigrants do not have a undead ice dragon, so.
0: You know, oh yes. Yeah. No dragons. no, on no the dragons side, in Magic. So that's good.
1: So I gotta let you go. Where can everybody find you online and keep in touch and read your stuff and all of that good stuff?
0: So I have a website, ww.lexibus.com, L-E-X-I-E-B-E-S-S. And I post a lot of gun videos on at official Lexi Bess on Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram at LexiBus and Twitter at Lexi Best. All right,
1: everybody follow Lexi. She is great. I'll definitely have her on again. It's always good talking to you, Lexi. And uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Wednesday, no gimmicks.